Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Join me at the 10th Annual Media Excellence Awards on January 18th in Beverly Hills, California. The attendees and I will be celebrating innovation and leadership in technology and entertainment. There are 20 award categories with 1,000 nominees. These awards honor those who are creating groundbreaking technology to better our lives and celebrate the hard work, determination, and brilliance in the leadership within the companies which create the new world we live in today. I will be recording nominees and winners at the awards. For tickets and more information, go to MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Marissa Morgan. She's an actress, TV host, comedian, and producer. Marissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think you've done a ton of really cool stuff. You're doing a bunch of really cool stuff. But maybe before we kind of get into all that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with kind of where you grew up. Well, I grew up in the New England area. I'm a East Coast gal from okay. Connecticut. Sure. So I grew up in Connecticut, but... uh I'll be honest, Kevin, those snowy winters didn't really uh, leave much of an impression on me that, you know, made me want to stay. Sure. Um, so as soon as I was, you know, old enough to head out to college um, after heeding some of my parental advice, which was go to college, okay. uh, I decided to head down to Florida. And okay. that is where I attended uh, Eckerd College down there in Florida. Okay. So, and what did you take there? So originally, when I started college, and one of the reasons why I also went to Florida is because I wanted to be a marine biologist. Okay. Um, I grew up always doing the acting thing. I was like the little drama queen doing like magic shows in my living room and within all kinds of plays and musicals. But as I got older, you know, even though I always told my parents, I want to be an actress, I want to be an actress, they were like, what if you find something else that you really love and go to school for that, just in case you change your mind? You know what I mean? Kind of that parental advice to, you know, get a real job, you know, as many <laughs> people like to say. <laughs> and of course, to that, I go, nah. But um, so I said, okay, well, I also love dolphins. So why don't I be a marine biologist? Sure. So everybody was on board with that. I went to college in Florida. And after one semester, Kevin, I was like, I can't do this. Like, Marine biology is literally for four years sitting in a lab, looking at microscopic stuff, talking to nobody. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I literally, after like two months, was like, I think I might die. I, I need interaction. I need people. I want to make people laugh. Like, this is not for me. Um, so I quickly changed my major to international business and marketing. Okay. And I, I speak French, so I thought that was, you know, appropriate and thought, Maybe I'll end up working in a magazine in Europe someday or something like that. So, okay. Yeah. So that's how I uh, kind of got down to Florida and uh, spent my time in college. And then as soon as I got out of college, I said, no, I still want to be an actress. <laughs> okay. So walk me through kind of your post sec or after your post university kind of career because up until kind of what you're doing right now, because you've done kind of a, a bunch of stuff, but you've also done some really cool stuff in your past that I think makes sense to cover. So do you maybe want to talk about some of some of that? Sure, sure. Uh, it's kind of funny because even though I ended up getting my degree in business, international mm -hmm. marketing and business, um, you know, like I said, I got done with college. I still had that creative bug. I still had that desire to interact with people in front of them, make them laugh, make them have experiences. I still wanted to act. I still just loved that whole, you know, showing of the entertainment world. And, you know, ironically enough, I ended up kind of getting the coolest job ever out of college, with, which was a mix of both of those worlds. 
when I landed the role of a guest host on the Home Shopping Network, okay. which was, you know, located right there in Tampa, okay. which is where I was living. Yeah. So right out of college, I became a guest host for the Home Shopping Network, HSN. And that was really neat because it really did mix the world of business with the world of entertainment. And I did that for a few years. And during those years is when I really started my professional career as an actress, as an adult. You know, that's when I said, nope, I definitely want to be in the entertainment business. Um, while I'm at, you know, the home shopping network, I want to get out there. I want to audition. I, you know, I still had that, you know, childhood desire to, to be in the entertainment business. So really, I would say when I was, you know, 20 years old out of college working at Home Shopping Network, I said, nope, like somehow I'm going to make this entertainment career happen for myself. And so that is kind of when everything completely, you know, switched paths. And I started really just following my dreams. I started, you know, really taking these intensive acting workshops. I started auditioning. Um, My connections in the business actually brought me over to Texas for a few years, um, where I then worked as a host on what was called the Jewelry Channel, which was neat. And I had a few agents that I worked with in Texas and booked several movies and did some commercials and really had a great booming career in Texas for about five years, also in the business, the entertainment business. Yeah. And um, there was just this one day that I said, I woke up and said, you know, things here in Texas are really great. I said, but I feel like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. This isn't where I'm ending. Like, I don't see myself staying here forever. And I really feel like I need to go to L.A. Like, I really feel like there's more for me, especially at this age and this time in my life. And with all the success I was having in Texas, I just felt like I was outgrowing my my pond. I was becoming the big fish in the little pond in Texas. Sure. So. So, Okay. Keep going. Sorry. yeah. Yeah. No. So that just brings me to. Uh, if you can't tell, I talk a lot, you know, when you work, no, perfect, <laughs> you work in the perfect. shopping network, you talk all, all hours and hours and hours on end. But, um, yeah, no, so that brings me to five years ago, uh, when I packed up my car and my dog and asked a friend to come with me and I drove out to Los Angeles. So I've been in Los Angeles now five years. Wow. So, That's great. No, yeah. I, I love that story, right? Like it's, it's cool how you just kind of, you know, got, got something and kept it going and, and you just kind of almost like follow your gut. Right. And, and, um, I, I think that's great. So kind of walk. Yeah. You know, go 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 ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's interesting because, you know, a lot of parents out there obviously do encourage their children to do what they love and mine always did. But then a lot of parents also, you know, feel the need to, you know, encourage their children to go to college and to get, you know, some sort of a backup plan and like get a, you know, a degree, just, you have something to quote unquote fall back on. And it's funny because there was a time where I wished I didn't go to college. I felt like, wow, what if I had all those years back to have put into the entertainment business or my acting career? But then in hindsight, I think about it and I know you'll agree, Kevin, I feel like there is a lot to be learned, a lot of valuable lessons, you know, going to college, you learn, I just think I learned how to multitask. Sure. I learned how to, yeah. you know, take on multiple responsibilities, be accountable for deadlines, things that you may not really be able to get a grasp on if at, you know, 17, 18 years old, you just decide to like be an actress, as, as they say, you know? So I think I really, you know, it was a long kind of roundabout journey, but they always say you are where you need to be right now. And I know that that journey shaped me to be, just a really solid businesswoman in the entertainment world, you know, because I have that solid education and experience in the business world as well. And in this business, you have to, you have to be your own business, you know, you are your own, you are your business. So I think that, you know, all in all, it was a positive. No, I I, I think that's great. And I agree with you. I I think any kind of post-secondary education, whether even if you, you go and you drop out. I think it's valuable. And, and you're right. Like being accountable for, to something or somebody or, or deadlines, sometimes it's tricky to learn that even, even at a day job. Right. So I, I totally, I totally get that. So, but I'm curious then you, you've been in LA or for about five years, you've done some really kind of big shows and you're about to do some really big stuff. Do you kind of want to walk me through 
kind of the last few years and, and some kind of up and coming stuff that you've been working on? Sure, sure. Uh, let's see. I, let's start with uh, a credit that I'm really excited about that uh, happened for me last year, okay. which is I, I had the opportunity to film two episodes on the show Ray Donovan, Very cool. which is, yeah, just a huge show on Showtime. And what was so neat about that, Kevin, is my role was actually that of a TV shopping host. <laughs> That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome when my manager sent me the script and said, you know, I got you this audition and I read it and I said, are you kidding me? Like, here is that moment where, what is it? Uh, life imitates, wait, what is it? What is it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, reality, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. I said, no way. I said, I am nailing this. Like, there is no way I'm going to let some random other actress take this role for me because I know this character. I know her because I am her. And uh, I went in, I said, you know, for my audition, I said, hey, you know, I really do have shopping host background. I, I'm a TV shopping host. I go, if I just tweak this a little, have some fun. There's some things I would definitely say that's not in the script. And the casting director looked at me and said, girl, make it yours. Have fun with it. That's awesome. And I just, yeah, it was, it was my best audition like of my career to date. But I, I literally left her laughing. And ironically enough, um, they ended up changing the script uh, to include some of the things that I said in my audition. Obviously, I, I got the part, but yeah, they changed the script to include some of the things I said in my audition. They let me improv, and I got to shoot with some really great directors and ended up in two episodes of Ray Donovan. And it was just really like the most amazing and affirming experience I think I've had in the business so far, you know? So. That was really awesome. I'm really excited about that. That just came out uh, a little bit ago. And then um, even more recently, I just appeared in an episode of Fuller House, which is the obviously family show on sure. Netflix. That's huge. And I think that just, yeah, that just dropped in December of this past year. So that was uh, an awesome, also awesome experience all around. And then I think also um, I had a very small little bit part in the movie Unforgettable okay. with Katherine Heigl, where I play opposite Katherine Heigl in a scene. And she was wonderful to work with, one of the nicest actresses that I've experienced working with. And it was cool because when I went to the premiere um, of the movie up on uh, Hollywood Boulevard at the Chinese Theater, nice. um, I had dyed my hair dark. And at first she didn't recognize me. She goes, oh my gosh, you look so different with your hair dark. And I was like, yeah, like, I love it. And then she actually goes, oh my God. And she literally you know, said like your, your lines made it in the movie. And we had this moment where she kind of recreated our scene and like literally acted out our little scene right there. And like for a huge actress to like, remember this one scene that I did with her, you know, uh, years ago was just such a, you That's know, cool. again, such a positive experience. And it was just like, see, you know, you just keep doing what you love and it just, it will always, it will always grow. It will make you happy. It will constantly just, grow more and more, you know? So yeah, those are some of the recent projects uh, I've done and been excited about. And then uh, coming up, uh, I'm actually producing a, a pilot. We're in pre-production right now. And I don't want to give too much information away, sure. but um, it's a pilot that really kind of touches on um, like a look inside, like a group of people from the Hispanic culture. Okay. Um, I think that nowadays, as we see, there's a lot changing in, you know, the entertainment world in terms of, you know, diversity and, you know, putting away stereotypes that involve, like, women or certain cultures. And I think that we see a lot more diversity in casting and television. And I was actually asked to, to play a role in this pilot. Okay. And I read the script. Yeah, I read the script. And... I said, I definitely want to play this role. I'm playing the role of a senator's wife. And I said, I definitely want to play this role. Absolutely. Thank you for asking me. But I really love this script. I said, do you guys have your producers all lined up? Because if you don't, I would love to come on board as a producer because I see this being uh, a show with just a really juicy you know, plot that's going to, you know, the casting is just really nicely done. The writing is great. I just think it's a, not only a, it's going to be entertaining, but I think it's going to be, you know, I guess a show that really has a message as well. And also 
like I said, I think it kind of targets the Hispanic culture. And I think that that's kind of a group of people that, you know, doesn't have as much out there for them in the way of, you know, shows that show their culture and show their lifestyle and show the differences that they have in their family life and dynamic and all that stuff. So I thought it was kind of a good, I'm just excited. I'm really excited about it. So that's that'll awesome. be coming up. We're filming that. Yeah, we're filming that in February. Okay, so right so, away here. Yeah, so, and then I'm really excited too because uh, there is a Amazon exclusive comedy. It's called Please Tell Me I'm Adopted. If you haven't watched it, it's, it's great. You can watch all seven episodes in an hour. That's kind of a, a new trend right now. In entertainment is these short form, short, short little 10, 12 minute shows. Um, and I will be playing a role in the, I think the, in the second season, but I think it's like the second episode. Okay. And I know that uh, that team is gearing up to start production for that in the coming months as well. So you have lots of great stuff you know, yeah. on, on the on the horizon for 2018. That's awesome. No, that's, that's great. I, and I'm curious though, to just step back for a second, you're, you're doing this pilot and I, I know you don't want to talk too much about the show. That's fine. But like, how do you even go about kind of tackling something like that? Because that seems just like an astronomical task, just kind of getting everything kind of written and everybody together to actually make it happen. Like, how do you even kind of go about doing that? Because I think now the the industry is, is basically like, well, let's put it simply, I guess, like there's entire movies shot on like iPhones nowadays, right? So mm, how, yeah. how do you kind of go about getting something like that actually produced to where you say like, here's the pilot episode, check it out. You know, what was an amazing experience um, in October? Okay. Um, I, well, earlier last year, I do, I do stand up comedy right. and Earlier last year, I came up with this joke, and I did it. I was at the comedy store, and I did the joke, and I got some laughs, and I was working with this this comedy, uh, we'll call her a little comedy guru. Her name is Lisa Sunset here in L.A., okay. and she said, Marissa, she's like, I really love your jokes, and and don't take this the wrong way, but some of your jokes, like, you really should consider writing some sketch comedy. Because a lot of my jokes, she, like, sees how I'm setting them up, and they've got kind of, like, just a sketch vibe to them, like it's a whole scenario. Right. And I said, and why would I take offense to that? Like, that's a huge compliment, yeah. you know? And, and sure. it kind of, yeah, resonated with me. Like, maybe, maybe I'm not a stand-up comedian. Maybe I'm going to be a sketch writer. I'm still developing. I'm still, you know, figuring it out, as we all are, as we continue our journeys. But that being said you know, th those words really resonated with me and never went away. And last year I ended up taking that joke and writing it into a full on sketch. Interesting. And yeah, in October I said, I have to shoot this. Like I have to shoot this. Like not only is it completely relevant to a lot of the political stuff going on right now, but this is something that I, I feel strongly about. And I, I just, I have this vision. I have to shoot this and having produced some things in the past, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this on my own. And I basically, you know, had a budget of $500. Wow. Uh, I called some friends of mine that were great actors. I, I have a, a friend who's an amazing camera artist. I've got friends that do sound and with a budget of $500, I took an entire day and I shot the sketch. Interesting. And we, yeah, the sketch is literally being finished as we speak. It should be done in the next day. And then we're going to submit it to Funny or Die. Sure, that's great. The fact that I was able to take my idea, put it on the paper, you know, take that paper, turn it into a vision, and then basically reach out to people I know and create this team and then take just a tiny bit of money and throw it at it. And then now I'm going to have this product in my hand you know, to or on the screen in like 24 hours done, you know, three months later made me, it just gave me so much confidence, Kevin, in my producing skills. Sure. So when, you know, fast forward two months to like this past January, when the script came down to me for this pilot, right away, I just had these visions in my head and said, if I don't step up and like take some ownership of this project and, and let the, these writers know that I, I have a vision and if my vision is the same as theirs, then like, let's team up. Like if I didn't do that, it would have been like a definite, like definite disservice to myself and my, you know, creative, 
creative uh, desires. So I think in terms of it being difficult, I think the hardest thing is really understanding that a producer is really, in my opinion, almost like a ringleader in a circus. Okay. Like the ringleader, it, the ringleader isn't the animals, you know, the ringleader is not jumping around, like making these people like go ooh and ah, like the animals are doing that. Or, you know, let's not talk about animals because circuses, but that's a whole other thing. The performers, <laughs> let's talk about performers. The ringleader is not also the performers. The performers are their own thing. The ringleader is not the guys that are operating the lighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. The ringleader is not the person selling the tickets. The ringleader is not the person making the popcorn. The ringleader is someone who sees that big picture and then basically, you know, like puts the puzzle together. You know, who do I know that would be really great to do this role? Who do I know that would be like the best, you know, lighting guy? Who do I know that, you know, might have this talent to offer? So I think when it comes to like producing, it's, you know, it's not difficult because you see the whole picture and then you realize you're, you're not doing everything. You're just putting the pieces together. So you're almost like creating this ultimate dream team. And then once you have that dream team, all this craziness that seems like it would be difficult is not because everybody is focusing on their one special talent for the team. And when everybody, you know, brings their special talent, then you end up with this amazing project. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I think that's really good. That was such really a good. long answer. That was such a long answer. No, to it's your good. Question. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants to hear me talk. They want to hear the guest <laughs> talk. So I think it's good. No, I, I, but I, but I think like you touched on something that I think is super important. And like one of my good buddies, I, I wish I'm gonna send him this episode after this. But, um, <clears throat> the the problem is, is like so many people think you need like hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and like this three months and to make like this anything happen kind of in, in the film space or, or TV space. But like you're to your point a second ago, like it took you a few months, but it's not like you were working on that, you know, nine to five Monday to Friday for those three months. It's like you, you did it over those three months. Right. And I, I think that's super important and it only cost you a $500. So like, I think, yeah, $500. Well, I yeah. think like, th but that's super important to tell people, right? That you don't need these big budgets and these crazy no. timelines to like get something up, even if it's just online to YouTube, right? I, I get that like sometimes you want to go to Amazon Prime or Netflix or, or a major network, but you can get your own content up with little to no money, a small team of people, and you can at least get it online. Fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the industry has really changed a lot. And now that we have these opportunities for social media and streaming, you know, in the past, it was all about, you know, as an actor, it was all about take all these classes, get through headshots, like all this money, constantly be studying and then get an agent and then sit at home, continue to study and read books and like develop your craft and then just wait for the agent to call you with an audition. Sure. And then you're going to go and you're either going to, you know, get the role or you're not. And then it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, and nowadays, exactly what you said, you know, there's a lot of new contracts available for the union. Um, for instance, there's something called like a SAG new media contract, okay. which allows people to put together productions, which is what we're going to do our pilot under. You can put together a production under SAG new media, which means that it's not necessarily for the movies. It's not necessarily for television. It's really for like streaming the internet or streaming. Um, and those contracts allow, allow you to do all kinds of different things when it comes to the money. You can actually defer your payment for the actors. Oh, wow. So if actors, yeah, if actors read your script and love the project and maybe it's an actor who hasn't worked in a while, right? Or maybe it's an actor that's kind of newer to the business who wants to get some street credit and some great footage for the reel. You know, actors don't have to take a risk because with the union, they can do this project they can get some quality footage. Uh, they may sign a contract for a couple hundred dollars for the day or what have you, but there's some great, like almost, you know, this is great. It's like there's clauses that say, hey, you know, you're agreeing to do it for this rate, but, you know, I accept no payment at this time because maybe this project won't go anywhere. We don't know, but you know what? If this gets turned around and sold to Netflix and turned into a series, there's a guarantee that you will get paid. Oh, so there's opportunities to be creative with 
professionals, meaning, you know, it's not like Joe Schmo in his backyard trying to make a home movie, you know, trying to recruit you and, you know, abuse your time and your talent. But, you know, you can put together professional people that have amazing experience and amazing talent. And if, you know, everybody's got some time and everybody's got the skill set, I think the money part of it can be almost the afterthought because everybody wants to work. Everybody wants footage. Everybody wants to be creative. And of course, the, the more you do, the better you get. And the more networking you do, people like to work with people that they like. So when you have these great experiences, it's like, you know, the film students who do their own projects and yeah. stuff for like theses, like they don't have budget to pay but they do it under a particular contract for the university. But can you imagine being in like Steven Spielberg's thesis project however many years ago? <laughs> yeah. And look at him now, you know, can you imagine him walking into an audition for him? And then him going, oh my God, you were in my thesis film however many years ago. Oh my God, so great to see you. He paid, he paid them nothing. And now you're getting to audition for this amazing, you know, Hollywood icon. So... It's all about getting out there and doing, and like you said, with YouTube, um, people have their own platforms that they can showcase their material. Kind of the same with stand-up comedy in yeah. L.A. Like, it's stand-up comedy, there's no money just going up and doing stand-up comedy in L.A. because L.A. is really almost a showcasing town. Sure. But you never know who you're going to do stand-up in front of. You never know you know, what comic may see you and say, I'd love for you to come on the road with me and open up for me or just the confidence that you build by doing it or the ideas that you get. I mean, I came up with the idea for this sketch during stand-up at the comedy store. You know, I didn't make any money doing the set, but what ended up ensuing from it is is going to be amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait for it to get up and get streaming. It's going to go viral. It's going to be amazing. That's, no, that's awesome. No, that's actually interesting. And like the the comedian comedy side of it is that's actually interesting because I was in LA a number of years ago and we went to a comedy store. I think, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. It was like a Thursday night, and it was like ten or twelve dollars at the comedy store, and it was like. Literally, it started, like, I think it was, like, seven or eight. I can't remember exactly, but it was, like, every comic had, like, tw a 20-minute set or whatnot. And it was, like, the girl that opened, I can't remember her name, and it sounds bad, but, like, she was a writer for Fresh Off the Boat, the show. Joe Rogan mm -hmm. was up there. There was a couple other guys mm -hmm. that were on, like, or a couple other, like, actors that were in, like, kind of primetime TV shows that were just, like, wow, like I've seen this guy on TV or this girl on TV before and they're like three feet in front of me, right? And Exactly, I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, there's, they must not be getting paid or they must not be getting very much and they probably just want to try some stuff out. But to your point a second ago, it finally kind of clicks and makes sense. Like, it's probably all those things, right? That they're just, they love doing this stuff. They have an opportunity to do this, but they're clearly, they can't be making a ton of money if, you know, there's those those venues only fit a few hundred people. And if they're charging like 10, 12 bucks to get in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, to be honest with you, and this is something I mean, I feel like it's kind of something that no one really knows. But if you're a stand up comedian in L.A. and you're not the headliner, mm -hmm. meaning you're not Joe Rogan or, sure. you know, uh, or someone getting up there, Amy Schumer. Mm -hmm. usually the comedians that perform before those big guys mm -hmm. literally Kevin make like 10 or 20 bucks a show oh, literally wow. it's gas money and that is because also in Los Angeles so many people want and aspire to do that sure. so you know it's different to be out on the road and be opening up around the country for you know a headliner because that's almost like going on tour um, and that's a different, that's definitely where you can make some money, but really in Los Angeles, you know, you can go out and see some amazing talent and it's often a place where comedians work out their set. You know, they're going to go to the last factory comedy store, Hollywood improv, um, and really work out their sets and figure out what works before they take their shows on the road anyway. So for them, it's kind of like their practice. Sure. You know, it was a big deal. You go to a show and you crazy, you know, big, big names. It's almost like their backyard. It's where they practice to then take it to the screen or take it on the road. So that's actually interesting. But then it kind of ties back into your point a few minutes ago is like if you wrote a whole little show around like something that you you did a joke at doing one of these performances, like, yeah, you might not have made a lot of money in that original performance. But if you tie it into a, something that will pay you down the road, 
like I guess the point I'm trying to say is like not everything you need to do, especially in the creative space, needs to always pay you money. If it leads to something that will pay you money down the road or or network or a handful of other reasons. And I, I think I've always kind of believed that and that's always kind of forwarded my career in or my creative career is not everything I've ever done has been necessarily for money. It might have been for exposure or networking without trying to get like letting people kind of take advantage of you at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you got to liken it to sports or, you know, music. Sure. Think about the people that go to the gym every day training for a sport and, yeah. you know, they're not getting paid to go to the gym every day and fine tune their instrument. I mean, getting up on stage, doing stand up or auditioning or even like, the sketch that I just directed and produced yeah. the whole experience. I mean, I learned so much that day and it's all stuff that will, I will take with me to the, like for instance, this pilot now I'm producing, I learned so much in producing the sketch and I've produced some other things, but the sketch is the most recent. I, I learned so much. Um, and, it, and again, it's the more you do, the better you get. And in, and in this business, the more you do, the more people you meet, the more experience you get, the more people have confidence in you, the more people remember you, you know? Uh, Hey, Marissa, I I totally, I know I haven't talked to you in a year, but you're perfect for this role. I mean, I get calls like that all the time, like from people I worked with years ago. So it's all building, just building, building blocks and, 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 you know, that snowball that keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and getting bigger. And I think, you know, Kevin, and I bet this is, you know, holds true for you and your career. Um, I think it's a matter of doing something every day sure. towards yeah. your craft, just yeah. something, whether it's tweaking your resume or setting up an appointment for some new photos or sending a thank you email to the casting director for a booking that you got or writing a new joke or, you know, just something every single day towards what you love. I mean, things come up for me that aren't in the acting world. And, you know, like I've, I've had a career also doing some marketing and some, some things of that nature that I have done for a paycheck to survive sure. and opportunities like that will always come up. And, you know, Los Angeles is a very expensive place to live. So sure. it's definitely not been any sort of a smooth ride, more of a roller coaster of ups and downs. And I think as long as you keep the focus and try to stay positive and know that everything happens for a reason and, you learn something from every experience. I mean, I, I really believe in that saying you are where you need to be right now and you can't, you know, you that's something that can't change. So if you always accept that this is what I need to be doing right now, then I think it's easy to stay, you know, positive and stay excited and stay, you know, just positive really about, about where your career is going. No, I, I, I think that's, that's really good advice. And like, I have kind of a lot of people kind of in the, in the startup space or kind of the entrepreneurial space or on on the show as well. And it's interesting because so many people think to what you kind of just pointed out that like you land a big role in a, in a big show that you're just, you know, set for life. And it like, it doesn't work like that. Like even people that are been super successful, they still like take sometimes jobs that they might not want to do or do something in a different industry. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people even just like uh, what you just said, like sometimes you've done marketing stuff. Like there's guys in the tech space that, that run a startup that still do kind of like uh, client work. Right. And, and so it, it's all kind of the same thing. Right. And I think, it's refreshing like somebody like yourself who's who's done some big stuff and is still doing some big stuff and producing their own stuff say sometimes it's not all like you know sunshine and rainbows every day of the, the week right like but you're right you have to stay positive you have to keep doing it and if you spend you know a couple hours maybe a week doing something to further your own career you're probably a couple hours ahead of majority of your competition no, yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head, and that completely throws me back to an acting teacher that I worked with in okay. Tampa, Florida. Her name was Catherine Laughlin. Okay. Kathy Laughlin. She always said to us that there is only room at the top of the tree for one star, 
And as you go up the Christmas tree, the branches become less and less and less. And the ornaments, there's less room for all the ornaments as you go further up the tree. And so, you know, when you get in the business, for instance, with a big group of people, you're in this big acting class, you know, and everybody says they want to do this, they want to do that, they want to do this. Well, life happens. People change. People get unmotivated. People get lazy. People lose focus. People get, you know, like feel jaded or people just give up. And the, you know, the further along you go up this Christmas tree, the ornaments just start, there's becomes less and less ornaments, you know? And I think it's a matter of knowing it's definitely, there's nothing, there's nothing in life. Like there's no overnight success. Like the people that we see now that are the Steven Spielbergs and the gosh, Nicole Kidman and the Meryl Streep, like these are people who definitely hung in there even when it was hard and continued to just, say, no, I don't see myself doing anything other than this. I'm going to keep going. Um, and so I think it's just anything you do, the longer you do it, the better you're going to be at it. So I think it's just like any other career, really. I think people think it's just so different, but I mean, it, it is different. But when it comes to being successful, I don't know any professional athlete that you know woke up at 18 years old and was star quarterback of an NFL team. No, there was like a lot of work between – 18 years old and the day they win that Super Bowl trophy, you know? No, Um, totally. Well, the other thing too that I think people forget too is I've talked to some people in the past that by all like on paper, they've achieved more success than they've probably ever thought was possible. And they're kind of that star on the top of the Christmas tree. And sometimes it's not even, it's, it's almost harder because if you're the star there's only one way to go, right? And you're, you're expected to everything that you do from that day forward to be just as good, if not better, right? And sometimes that's hard in itself. Uh, that That's kind of strange that you mentioned that because it's something I haven't thought about in a while, but it's it's very true. Like I've heard this saying, like you're only as good as your last project, yeah. right? And we all know in this business and entertainment, you can go six months a year, two years without a without a work, without gig, you know, a gig. And I think I worked on a movie when I was in Texas, Louisiana. It was called Mama, I Want to Sing. Okay. And it was with starring with Billy Zane and Hill Harper and Sierra, the singer, and okay. Kylie LaBelle and Lynn Whitfield, this amazing cast. And it was the first movie that I was ever in that I got my own trailer. Okay. Uh, and I remember sitting there with my script. I had a co-star role or supporting role. And I remember going, wow, I made it. You know, like if I were to die tomorrow, all my work has landed me here. And and I'm just going to take this moment and say that I don't care what happens from here on out. I made my dream come true Sure. because all the hard work landed me there in this trailer, in this script, working with this ensemble cast that was so incredibly talented. And that lasted, you know, Kevin, that lasted for a couple months. And then the itch is there. And it's like, okay, well, what's next? What more can I do? What's next? Okay, like, what's next? So there is definitely, and I think that's just a lot of pressure we also put on ourselves, you know, just because maybe you work for some company and you have this great year and you make a ton of money. Don't you kind of want to make more money the next year in your salary? Don't you want to, like, be better? So I think it's just human nature that we always want to, you know, be better and like outperform ourselves. And I think that's just it's different with everybody based on your like ambition and your drive and stuff. But yeah, I, I think that's definitely a hard, you know, just when you think too, just when you think, I don't know, Kevin, there's times I've definitely been like down like sure. four or five months since I did something and I'll call my mom and I'll be like, what am I doing with my life? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, First of all, last time you call me crying, like three days later, you got some big thing. Like, you know, this is how it is. This, this weird cycle, this roller coaster, you just kind of got to, you know, like work through those downs, as, that, as we'll call them, knowing sure. that, you know, right around the corner could be that call or it could be that audition or I could send that email or a script, you know, like I said, someone could call me and say, hey, I think you're perfect for this. So yeah, that's life, though, isn't it, Kevin? The ups oh, yeah. and the downs. You just, well- you think you know what's going to happen, and then it's a whole other story, another chapter. No, I 100% agree. And I, I think, like, and we've kind of ca- talked about this throughout the whole 
show is it's almost like created luck. Like you just keep doing what you do and what you believe in and create content and put your own stuff together and network and make friends and you never know where it's going to go, right? But if you just kind of mm-hmm. like sit back on your couch and wait for the phone to ring and never really do anything, you you might get a lucky break. It might happen. But like if you're out there kind of hustling, doing whatever you need to do, free work, paid work, fun projects, doing your own projects, like eventually you'll probably get some sort of break, right? Like people will appreciate what you're doing at some point. And you never know where it's going to go, right? And I think that's kind of important just to stress as well. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think gone are the days where you hear about, like, an actress being discovered because she's a waitress at a restaurant. Yeah, sure. And some big producer happens to think she looks perfect for some role. I mean, think about, I mean, think about you know, going out there and shooting your own project. Or for instance, let's talk about the sketch I did for Funny or Die that'll be coming out um, in the next week or so. Sure. Um, it's going to be, as a, as a creative in the world for me, how much easier is it for me to send this link to every casting director in LA? Yeah. You know, via an email. Yeah. How easy is it for me to, you know, have a, a site like Funny or Die be streaming my yeah, content? Yeah. You know, You're it didn't cost me anything, to, you know? You think about it, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that 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 thing goes viral. Think about how many like weird videos of cats right yeah. now go viral and yeah. get millions and millions of views, and it's a cat. You know, yeah. if you're a creative person and you have an idea, you just literally need to sit your tush down, write it down, and if there's things you don't know how to do, that's when you like say, okay, who do I know that has their own camera, or, or who do I know that would know somebody where I can like rent, you know, a facility where I can rent some equipment. Or who do I, you know, iPhones, you can do stuff on iPhones now. Who do I know that might be able to edit this if I shoot it on my iPhone, you know, and go online, check out tutorials, like go on YouTube, like everybody has like these crazy blogs now and how-to videos. Uh, I have a friend who learned how to do editing Mm -hmm. strictly from do-it-yourself videos. Like you learned how to do green screen and like after effects, like you don't even have to have big money to do like workshops or buy big software. A lot of it can be done, you know, kind of on the fly, just by learning, almost like guerrilla learning, you know, oh, oh, totally. um, especially with the internet. Yeah. So, oh yeah. There's like yeah. huge amounts of like video editing and shooting, just like tutorial videos that are hours long that basically walk you, walk you from like how to shoot it to how to edit it, how to put it online. Like you almost don't even you just like Google whatever you're looking for. Like, how do I make this effect in After Effects, for example? And somebody's like, here's a few hour tutorial on how to do that. And you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's Absolutely. A, so we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but I, I want to cover kind of your involvement with the Media Excellence Awards. You're, you're, the, you're hosting. So walk me through kind of how you got involved with the Media Excellence Awards and, and why you, you wanted to do it. Sure. I am very good friends with uh, a woman here in Los Angeles. Her name is Allison Dollar. Sure. And she is very much involved in the media tech world in terms of, you know, startup projects. And just basically all I can say is, you know, go on LinkedIn, look her up. Her resume is crazy, crazy long. But we worked together um, last, uh, I guess, in 2016. We worked together. I did some hosting backstage for the American Music Awards. Okay. So I got the opportunity to interview some musicians, celebrities. I met Tim McGraw. That was amazing. <laughs> but uh, we worked together on that project. And here is exactly one of those scenarios where Allison and I have kept in touch. And she is working with, you know, the producer, uh, Sarah Miller at Axis PR and Entertainment. They are the ones putting on this show. And when, you know, Axis Entertainment said, you know, we need somebody to host these awards, Allison said to them, I know the perfect girl. Let me, let me reach out to Marissa Morgan and see if she's available and I'll put you guys in contact. So it was really a matter of a previous connection of mine in the business who knows, I know a lot about technology and media, knows I have that stand-up background, knows I do like, you know, red carpet events and interviews and such. 
And so that's kind of what got the ball rolling. And then I started talking with Sarah Miller over at Access Entertainment and we went back and forth a couple of times and just realized we thought it was a great match and uh, kind of sealed the deal. And that's, you know, how I got involved. And I was excited to do it because I'll tell you what, Kevin, my dream, the thing that makes me the most happy truly is making people laugh. Interesting. I love, I love getting up and I love just being myself and having someone have some sort of natural reaction to me, even if that's like, this girl is crazy. Or (laughs) did she just say that? Or no way. Oh my gosh. I can't believe she just said that. Or what happened? That's what makes me like literally my heart just glow inside. So for me, it was just a no brainer. I I love technology. I, I love media. Sarah seemed like such a great girl. The company that she's the CEO of seemed amazing. Working with Allison again, uh, got me excited. So it was just a no-brainer for me and the chance, of course, you know, to get up there, have that experience, network, get to meet other people in the industry. And I think, too, right now is such just a, a pivotal time, specifically in Hollywood, but obviously in the world where things really are shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff in the media lately with, you know, the whole, like, just everything from, you know, the racial side of things to the sexism side of things. And I think being a strong woman in the business, I wanted to take the opportunity. Like I didn't want them to even think, you know what I mean? uh, Of going to anybody else because I said, you know what, this could be challenging for me. Uh, I might be a little nervous, but I've been working really hard and I think I have a lot to offer and I want to put myself out there and continue to build myself as a brand. So I just knew this was like the time to almost take the confidence and believe in myself and say, not only do I appreciate you guys coming to me and asking me to be a part of it, but yes, like challenge accepted and let me just get out there and excel and and just have a great time. So it just seemed like the perfect time with all the things I have going on in my career and obviously the, the social climate right now and Getting to also, I mean, it's funny because now Sarah Miller and I over at Access Entertainment, we're like texting and chatting. We're like, yeah, you know, after the show's done, we're going to go like hiking and, you know, just even the friendships that start to evolve from all this networking that we do. And look, in us, you and I getting the chance now to work together and and meet each other when you're down here in L.A. Like, who knows how that will snowball into the future. Oh, totally. I I love the stuff. I'm a big supporter of kind of anything that promotes kind of like the positive that's happening in the world, right? Like there's so Mm -hmm. much negativity right now with kind of like all the politics and the wars and the, it doesn't even matter. Like everybody knows if you, if you watch like the news, it's so depressing lately. Right. So I love Mm -hmm. kind of talking about and having people that are actually doing something to like promote the positivity and, and celebrate like the successes that people are having. Right. And, it's it's cool that you just openly admitted that you're like you're you still get a bit nervous doing some of this stuff, right? Like you've been on this stuff that majority of people have heard of and, and you still kind of get nervous doing some of this stuff, right? But I think it's important to, to mention that it kind of again because everybody's kind of pushing themselves out of their comfort zone a little bit. And the sooner that you know other people know that people that are successful in their eyes still worry about certain things, you know, I think that makes them feel better as as well. You know, we're all, we're all human and we're definitely all in this, on this journey together. And you know, the time of year too was really just, I mean, I had a really rough, I was in a really horrible car accident uh, about three years ago and I've had a rough couple of years coming back from that. And even just in my personal life, I've just, you know, had a hard time and, you know, you see people around you also struggling. And I think I was away from my family for the holidays. I was working in Texas doing a couple months hosting on a, on a shopping channel and being away from my family coupled with, you know, the new year coming, I swear, it just really made me take that moment and say, okay, I don't want to be cheesy about, Oh, I'm not going to do this. or I'm not going to do that in the new year. Um, not, you know, no disrespect to people who make specific goals, but I said, I just want my mindset to shift. I want to be that person that always is looking at what I have, not complaining about what I don't have. I want to be that person that meets other people and, you know, 
opens my arms to them and everything that they've got going on because you realize as we get older, yeah, I always thought life was going to get easier, but it certainly no. is almost more challenging <laughs> on the daily. Yeah. Between health issues, personal issues, you know, issues with family or friends, career struggles, you know, like struggles with your spiritual side, just everything. Like it definitely gets more challenging. And I think that there's truth to that saying, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. But you know, it has to make you stronger, you know, for the whole, like, it has to make you stronger, not just, you know, oh, you know, I'm a better worker, or I'm like more honest, or, you know, you have to think about how you outwardly affect other people. And I think for me, it's about being more accepting to the people that I meet. And like, how can I make other people's lives better? You know, maybe it's not about me being with my family for the holidays, maybe I need to start thinking about being more charitable, you know, like the, the little things that I think in your teens and 20s that you don't think about, you know, as you get older, especially in a, in a career that is filled with a lot of rejection, you have sure, to remember yeah. that, you know, like, hey, maybe I didn't get that part, but you know what? There's people out there who don't have a place to live. Yeah. There's people who lost everything in Texas, you know? Yeah. There's people daily that, you know, don't have health insurance and have children that are sick, you know? So I think there comes a point in your life where you just think, you know, I could sit here and I could dwell on the negatives. And that will make me sick and miserable and sad all the time. Or I can say, look what I do have. I have, I have my family. I have my house over my head. I have my little, my rescue pup. I have my occasional glass of wine because I'm a wine lover. You know, sure. I've got great friends. <laughs> I, I am doing something I love. I'm not a millionaire, but I'm doing something I love. And when I do it, it makes my heart feel good. So you realize there's more important things to, to life to be appreciated too. So. No, Marissa, that, that's a great way to end it. So again, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I, I look forward to meeting you on January 18th at the Media, Media Excellence Awards. But you maybe want to close the show with mentioning where people can get more information about any of the stuff that you're kind of involved in and going to be involved in in the future. Uh, sure, sure. Well, definitely follow me on social media. Social media is huge right now. Uh, on Instagram, I am Miss Marissa Morgan. So it's just M-I-S-S Marissa Morgan. So that's my that's my Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I also just have a Marissa Morgan public page. You can always check out the Internet Movie Database. That's IMDB. Uh, you can type in my name, and that obviously pulls up projects I'm working on. And then, obviously, if, if, you're, if people are local in Los Angeles and want to come out to the show, they are selling tickets. And I think it's on... Um, through Eventbrite, so you can definitely, you know, just Google Media Excellence Awards, you can get to their website, and there's a link for tickets, and then I would just say, just just be eyes and ears, because I feel like 2018 is going to be a really great year for me, and I do hope I get the chance to just connect with a lot of people this year. I think that's also something I just am excited about, just being open to connecting and living, and just, just being open. Sure. Being positive. And I'm so excited to meet you. I can't wait. When do you get to LA? Kevin? Uh, I get there on the 15th. So, and then I'll be there. Okay, I great. Have to fly out the 19th, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know that story very well. I'm yes. be working on a project on the 19th. So, I'll get to need some good sleep the 18th. Not too much party time for me after that's, the show. That's so. awesome. Well, Marissa, again, I really appreciate you doing the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and seeing you at the Media Excellence Awards and have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much, Kevin. I can't wait to meet you. Thanks. Me as well. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.